0: Our text is in 1 Samuel, chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. Then they arose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord, and returned and came to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So it came to pass, in the process of time, that Hannah conceived and bore a son, and called his name Samuel, saying, because I have asked for him from the Lord. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the beauty of your word, for the truth of it, and for the way in which it still applies to us. Uh, Lord, we ask you to apply this word to our hearts, to our minds, to our thoughts, to our plans, to how we think, that we would be transformed, that we would be renewed in mind, that we would think your thoughts after you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I reviewed what we'd already read and covered verses 1 through 18 of this chapter, and one thing that you'll notice when you do that, when you read these first 18 verses, is that we are not explicitly told of Hannah's character. In other words, sometimes when we start reading a story in the Bible, it will say that this is a godly person. You know, that's how Job starts out. And yet here... When you do a careful reading of verses 1 through 18, you don't see that. There is no commendation of Hannah's godliness by the writer. And so we are left to infer her character. What is her character like from that which we see, from that which she is doing? And so, for instance, from the first message in verses 6 and 7, we read this. And her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. And so from that, I inferred that Hannah's response was not one of retaliation. She did not choose to retaliate against Penina. She didn't attack her. She just wept and did not eat. And then in the second message, in verse 10, we read this. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. So this is what she chose to do, given the fact that Penina was attacking her and mercilessly teasing her. She chose to give it to God. Not become bitter in her own heart, but to cast all this upon God. Let me read verse 5 and 6 again. But to Hannah he would give a double portion. This is Elkanah. For he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So twice, verses 5 and 6, we see that the writer is saying, God did this. God closed Hannah's womb. God closed Hannah's womb. And so she then, in turning to God in her despair, in her anguish of soul, is going to him in faith, admitting that it is to you, God, that I'm going, because you're the one that has closed my womb. This is not just a happenstance. People err when they go to God in prayer and say, God, if you can do this. God can do anything. And so... People of little faith, of no faith perhaps even, will begin a prayer like that erroneously. And yet Hannah did not go to God like that. She went to God in faith. In verse 11, she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. So she is acknowledging that God can change her circumstances. She's going to the right person to solve this misery that she's in the midst of. And so last time, I talked about how she went away, and the way I titled it was that Hannah went away hopeful, that Hannah is hopeful. The first one, Hannah is miserable. Then I said, Hannah is hopeful. I don't know that I would choose that again. I think I erred. I had given it some thought, and yet, when you read this sentence, verse eighteen, this is what she, this is what is said of her. And she said, "Let your maidservant." This is after uh, Eli prays for her, asks uh, a blessing upon her. And she said, "Let your maidservant find favor in your sight." So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. So what the text says is that Hannah was no longer sad. Now I think it's reasonable to infer that she could be hopeful. I think that's probably true of her. But I believe what is more true of her is that she is at peace. She had been in misery, and perhaps for a long, long time, until she has now poured out her soul to the Lord, and Eli has spoken that prayer on her behalf. She is now at peace, Whatever God does is right. Whether he blesses her with his son or not, I think her demeanor now is one of acceptance. She's accepting where God has placed her. And she is relieved as she's leaving Shiloh. Hebrews 11.6 says, and this is a favorite verse, I'm sure many of you have it quoted, have it memorized, and you quote it from time to time. He who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. This is in Hebrews 11, the chapter on the hall of faith. And so this is preceded by the sentence that those who want to please God must have faith. That without faith it is impossible to please God. And so we couple this pleasing of God with Him rewarding us diligently when we seek Him. I don't think this is a coincidence that Hebrews 11.6 is written that way. Those who come to God must believe that He is, and yet they must have faith, and they must be seeking to please Him. That must be what their heart's desire is, is to live at peace with God, to be pleasing to Him, and experiencing the pleasure. We all... Pray, or we all should pray, this is the means by which we talk with our God, and prayer is many things. We have four prayers in our service, five prayers, really, counting the prayer of invocation. But then we have the prayer of adoration, the prayer of confession, the prayer of supplication, the prayer of thanksgiving. All of these are ways in which we talk to God, we share our heart with Him, and in supplication we make requests of Him. And when we speak about prayer, that's obviously what we are often talking about, is asking God for something. We are unburdening our soul to God and asking Him to address that which we've unburdened. And that's what Philippians promises us, that when we do that, when we cast our cares upon God, He will comfort us. He will relieve us of that burden and in its place give us peace. Relief. There is no magic formula for getting what we want out of God. We can't go to scripture and think because it's done this way or this way or this way or this way that then God will say yes. God is a person. God is a person who knows all things, who has a plan for each of us through the ends of our lives. And so when we come to God with requests, We know that He loves us. We know that He has a plan for us that is suited to us as individuals. And so when we come to God and ask Him for things, Jesus accused those that were following Him of wanting to spend what we get back from God on our lusts. We ask amiss, He said. So when we come to God in prayer, the important thing is that we ask ourselves, is what I'm asking of God? Consistent with what I understand God's plan for my life to be? Or am I fighting against what God's plan for my life is? Psalm 37:4 says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. So God wants us to be happy. He wants us to receive that which we most desire. But more importantly than that, he needs us to desire that which he has implanted in our hearts as our destiny. Each of us has a destiny. What is it? Is it your life's desire to determine that destiny and to fulfill it? Or are you often working cross-purposes with God? Hannah was rewarded. I haven't gotten to the text that we read, but Hannah was rewarded with a child, Samuel. She named him. The name Samuel literally means heard by God. She went away in peace that day, earlier, because she was convinced she had been heard by God. Now, God may or may not have given her the son she desired, but she knew, and she was at peace because she knew God heard her. So God loves us, He wants what's best for us, and He knows far better than us what is best for us. And so when we come to the table, may we seek to be heard by God, yet it's really important that you dedicate yourself first to hearing Him. You must listen for His voice in your life. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for life. We thank you for health. We thank you for all of your many blessings to us. And we pray, Lord, that we would be at peace with where you have us, that the degree to which we are out of accord with your will for our lives, we would recognize this. We would repent of this if it reflects sinful desires. Lord, we thank you that we are your children, that we are In the apple of your eye, you love us and you have plans for us. We pray, Lord, that we would draw near to you such that you would draw near to us. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.